Pastor Ray Bentley gives us important insight on how our future resurrection is tied to the Lord's resurrection. Jesus didn't just come down from heaven to prove he could raise from the dead. He didn't need to do that. He's God. He came down so that we could be resurrected, that we could be raised in newness of life. And that is the hope of all mankind. Though they were dead, yet shall they live. Spread Welcome to Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. Paul wrote, if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, you are still in your sins. The resurrection isn't just an incidental part of the Christian faith, it's the pivot point, the nucleus. And today, Pastor Ray points out our hope of heaven is inseparably linked to the fact of the resurrection. Luke chapter 20, beginning in uh, verse 41, this is where we left off. We're going to start here and and actually finish uh, chapter 20 and get through the first six verses of Luke chapter 21. But beginning in verse 41, Jesus said, and he said to them, how can they say that the Messiah is the son of David? Now David himself said in the book of Psalms, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. Therefore, David calls him Lord. How is he then his son? And then in the hearing of all the people, he said to his disciples, beware of the scribes who desire to go around in long robes, love greetings in the marketplaces, the best seats in the synagogues, and the best places at the feasts who devour widows' houses and for a pretense make long prayers, these will receive greater condemnation. So here we have, uh, we have Palm Sunday, the day that Jesus rode down from the top of the Mount of Olives. So they're all able to see Jesus, who stages this presentation as the Messiah of Israel. And then he goes down the Kidron Valley and up and through into the Eastern Gate and is praised, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Now we mentioned that Palm Sunday, so we've got Sunday and then Friday will be Passover, the day that Jesus will be crucified, and then the third day, Sunday, when he resurrects from the dead. In between, Monday through Thursday are the four days that the lamb, because Palm Sunday is lamb selection day, they're all getting ready for their little animal lambs to be selected for Good Friday. God was offering to them the lamb of the Messiah. Now, for the next four days, according to the Old Testament, that lamb that you had set aside had to be without spot or blemish. And they would put it in a special Uh, pen by itself to watch it and to inspect it and to make sure that it had no spot or blemish so that it was worthy to be able to, you know, be the sacrifice for sins on Passover. So interestingly, from Monday through Thursday, Jesus is in the temple every day being tested by the religious leaders, trying to find an accusation, trying to find 
a flaw, trying to find a fault in him. And as you know, they were not able to find one fault. He was, in other words, without spot or blemish. Well, it's interesting here, we must be coming toward the end of those days. I don't know if it was Wednesday, perhaps uh, Thursday. But now, after being tested for those four days, Jesus turns it around and now questions the religious leaders. What do you, the Pharisees, religious leaders, what do you think about the Messiah? Whose son is he? Now, Jesus is getting... He's asking them a question now. They have riddled him with questions. He's answered everyone. Now he's asking them a question. He's going to challenge their beliefs and their understanding of who the Messiah is, what the Messiah is like, what is his nature, what is his character. Uh, Of course, the expected reply, who is the Messiah? Whose son is he? The expected reply in that day Jerusalem 2,000 years ago would have been the Messiah is the son of David. And also that he would be born in David's city, which is Bethlehem. Jesus is challenging 2,000 years ago the entire Jewish world's thinking about who, the nature of the Messiah, who the Messiah is. Because David calls him Lord. He is David's son, uh, through physical line, but he is David's Lord because he is his Messiah. That elevates the Messiah in a very radical and powerful way. And that Jesus, by his resurrection, showed that he is both God and man. It's a great mystery. Great is the mystery of godliness that God was manifest in the flesh. There is another Jesus talked about in our time. That is not the Jesus of the Bible. It doesn't say the things that Jesus did. It's a Jesus consciousness. There's a certain amount of Jesus that the whole world can wrap their arms around. One of the things that they, they can't hang on to, some of them, is that he was in the flesh. John says that anybody that denies that Jesus was in the flesh, there was a whole group of people in the early days of the church that started saying, no, Jesus, I mean, God's too spiritual to become flesh and blood. And I mean, literally, right after, in the early church, there were people that started saying, no, Jesus, he looked like a human body, but he didn't, you couldn't really touch him or feel him. And no, he couldn't have gone to the cross. And they said that when he walked along the shores of the Sea of Galilee, because he was really all spirit, he didn't leave footprints wherever he went. That is exactly a denial of what Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, let alone Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, all said the Messiah will be flesh and blood and bone of the line that goes through the family of David and back all the way through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But he is also a revelation of God in the flesh. That's why we are made in the image and after the likeness of God. That's why God could become flesh. Think about that. God was manifest in the flesh, same flesh, blood and bones like you have. Do you realize how awesome and exciting that is? How hopeful that is for you and I who are in these bodies that are weak and temporary and break down and and should the Lord tarry, would die? But God who came in the flesh and resurrected Jesus, he is the first fruits of all the resurrections, all who have Jesus in them, though they were dead, yet shall they live. 
Jesus didn't just come down from heaven to prove he could raise from the dead. He didn't need to do that. He's God. He came down so that we could be resurrected, that we could be raised in newness of life. And that is the hope of all mankind. The Bible says Christ in you is the hope of glory. Jesus Christ in you is the hope that one day we shall be glorified with him, in him, forever and ever and ever, world without end. So Jesus is trying 2,000 years ago to challenge the Jewish thinking about what the son of David meant. He was saying to them, in essence, you think that the Messiah is the son of David, and he is the son of David, physically. But he is far more than that. He is Lord. Jesus is Lord of Lords. The Father has caused everything in the entire universe to glorify his Son. The Father glorifies the Son, and the Son glorifies the Father, and the Holy Spirit brings us and reveals and glorifies also the Son, Jesus Christ. And so you have this amazing love relationship between the, the Son's always bragging on the Father, and the Father is always boasting about the Son. Have you seen my Son, in whom I am well pleased? And the son says, all I want to tell you about is my father. And every word that my father says, I hang on his every word and I do what the father shows me and I say what the father tells me to say. Isn't that amazing? The center of the universe before anything was created is an eternal love relationship between a father and a son. And then he made us in his own image after his own likeness and he created Adam, and he created Eve, and they together came together and had a child. I mean, that, that is the essence of, of the family, and that's what the church is, the family of God. He wanted many sons and many daughters. Well, by applying Psalm 110 to himself, Jesus claimed to be Israel's promised Messiah. Yes, the Son of Man, that speaks of his humanity, but the Son of God, and that speaks of his deity. And then he, he warns the people, because in, in light of all that, with all the signs and the wonders and the miracles and everything else, he warns people against the religious leaders who were bent on rejecting him, bent on betraying him. And he says, these guys use religion. They use religion, and they actually are keeping people from God. In a way, um, the scariest people on planet Earth are the people who in the name of religion and in the name of God do the worst damage. They're far worse than the atheists or agnostics or all the rest of them uh, because they usurp and they exploit people and that's what they did then. He said, beware of them. These will receive the greater condemnation. Pastor Ray Bentley will have more of today's study in just a moment. So many listeners have shared comments on what Pastor Ray's teachings on Maranatha Radio have meant to them. What a blessing it was to be taught by Pastor Ray. He is greatly missed. But Pastor Ray's son, Daniel, has taken the reins and is doing great work 
in teaching God's Word. I can see the Holy Spirit burning in Pastor Daniel, and I am proud to support and be led by him as my teacher. May God's hand continue to rest on Daniel as we pray for the entire Bentley family. These teachings continue here on the radio thanks to the support from listeners like you. If you'd like to partner with Ray Bentley Ministries and Maranatha Radio, just go to our website at raybentley.com. That's raybentley.com. And now more of today's message from Pastor Ray Bentley. Now look in uh, chapter 21. Two quick stories. He says, and he looked up. And he saw the rich putting their gifts into the treasury, and he saw also a certain poor widow putting in two mites. And so he said, truly I say to you, this poor widow has put in more than all. For all these out of their abundance have put in offerings for God. But she, out of her poverty, put in all the livelihood that she had. You know, I want to just mention one word here about um, Jubilee. The Bible talks about Jubilee. And uh, Jesus came, actually, we believe, when he was in the synagogue there, and, and he proclaimed the year of acceptance or the year of the Lord. That was a year of Jubilee. Jesus' ministry began on a Jubilee year. Now, what is a Jubilee year? In the Old Testament, there were 50, every 50 years... All of your, if you were Jewish, all of your debts were canceled. Whatever debts you had, every 50 years, it was the cleaning of all debts. And if you had maybe sold your house or you had sold your land or your family had sold its farm, uh, you know, and you'd gone to other things and maybe you had lost it, well, then you were returned, you were given back the family property, the family farm, the family land. It was kind of like every 50 years, Economically, the entire nation got to start all over again with no debts, just starting from zero. How many think that sounds like a really good idea? That's what we should write to our Congress and Senate. Is Jubilee, that's what we need. We need a Jubilee. Everything, all debts are canceled. And families were returned to their ancestral land. Slaves were set free. Uh, salvation is proclaimed throughout the land. In Jesus' first coming, his ministry began on, in a jubilee year in this synagogue, and Jesus came to bring the spiritual jubilee of salvation and redemption for us when he died upon the cross. In his second coming, Jesus will bring both the spiritual as well as a physical jubilee. It's talk, the idea is about redemption, and, and this, this idea, I think, is very much on Jesus' mind as he comes now to pay the redemption, because there was a price that was paid. Uh, and there was a sacrifice that was made that had paid the debts in the beginning. You know what it was? The original Passover. The original Passover had paid with the blood of a spotless lamb without blemish, had redeemed the firstborn and given Israel the right to go into the promised land and inherit the land. It wasn't just, you know, free, it cost. It cost the life of the lamb, but it also cost the faith of the people. And therefore they were able to be, their firstborn was spared, they were able to enter the land and they were able to take possession of it by God's amazing grace. 
But all of that was a shadow and a type of Jesus, the Lamb of God. Our debt is paid, and the reason we can strike the, the debt and be, be declared free is because of the incredible sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross by his broken body and his shed blood, which is why communion is so powerful and so wonderful and so amazing. Amen? Hallelujah. The Lord is so good. So Jesus is watching these offerings. Now here's what's interesting about the offerings. They had uh, 13 different boxes that you could you know, put coins in that were for 13 different kinds of offerings. Now here's the interesting thing. Every single one of the 13 boxes had, were different offerings you know, for different needs, different sacrifices and, and so forth. Um, but they were in the shape of a trumpet. In other words, they had a very narrow opening up at the top so you could drop the coins in and then it went down in a bell shape at the bottom so that it could store a lot of coins, get a lot of money inside. And it was made very narrow at the top so people couldn't get their hands in it to get down to all those coins. But they were in the shape of trumpets. Jesus is watching the people come and there was a lot of wealthy people, a lot of wealthy Jewish people, businessmen, traders, shepherds and people that owned farms and everything and they would come in and they would drop these coins into these trumpet shaped boxes and made a lot of noise. Obviously these coins when they came in and they would hit the sides or chink down into all the coins that were at the bottom and, and they gave big gifts and they gave a lot of money. But then Jesus watched and, and imagine this, Jesus is sitting there with his disciples in the court of the women by the way is where these 13 trumpet boxes were and he's just watching. So the disciples are with him and they're always, well, what's he doing? Well, are we going to do a Bible study? Is he going to do a miracle? No, he's just staring at people come up and give their offerings and their, their sacrifices to the Lord financially. Now, that's a very interesting thought, isn't it? That Jesus watches us as we give. He doesn't say anything. All kinds of people, all different kinds of backgrounds, all different sizes of economies and backgrounds and they give. But then this one little old lady comes up and she has these two coins that are so tiny. They're called widow's mites, they're copper. I mean, they were worth, by one estimate, one fourteenth of a penny. She takes two of those and probably didn't even make any noise when it hit the bottom. Jesus stops, astounded, and grabs his disciples for a teachable moment. He says, do you see that woman right there? Yeah, that woman that threw something in, you couldn't even hear it. It was like nothing. He goes, yeah, she just gave. And literally heaven stopped watching. Every angel was watching and noticed that one woman. Jesus said, she just gave more than anybody that I have been sitting here watching give all day long. What? They're astounded. You got to be kidding. There's some pretty wealthy people that we know that came up and dropped some coin into those trumpets. Jesus says, no, they gave out of their riches. This woman, she gave the last two mites that she has. Those little two things couldn't even buy a, you know, a, a crust of bread, barely. And she takes it and she drops, that's all she had. And Jesus said, therefore, she gave the most. God doesn't judge us by how much we give, apparently, but by how much we have left over. 
Now, does that mean we all, let's all go out and do that? Well, not necessarily, but it, it teaches a lesson. Are we living, the whole purpose of giving tithes and offerings is to show that you are living by faith and trust in the Lord, to provide all of your needs according to his riches and glory in heaven. I think it's very interesting that Jesus noticed that. And with that in mind, knowing now that those boxes were in the shape of a trumpet, isn't this interesting? Matthew chapter six, verse two, which says, therefore, when you do a charitable deed, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory for men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. You know, usually we think about, oh, they, they would go around blowing trumpets when they gave. Well, maybe, but it, it may have just been that they made a lot of noise when they threw their coins. Look how much money I'm giving into these trumpets. And Jesus says, that's not what impresses God. He looks at the heart, the spirit in which, and, and the worship with which something is given. She gave all that she had. Okay, let's close with verses five and six. It says, then as some spoke of the temple, how it was adorned with beautiful stones and donations. Jesus said, these things which you see, the days will come in which not one stone shall be left upon another that shall not be thrown down. The Jewish people were there in Jesus' day and the temple was magnificent. It was incredible and it was beautiful like you cannot believe. Remember I said the Mount of Olives, then you've got a valley and then Mount Zion. Mount Zion, on top of Mount Zion is the temple. And there is literally a 360 degrees around Mount Zion. It's surrounded by hills on all sides. North, south, east, or west, you would come up over a hill and look across valleys and there was Mount Zion all by itself on the top of which was the temple. Josephus describes it this way, the outward face of the temple in its front wanted nothing that was likely to surprise either men's minds or their eyes. For it was covered all over with plates of gold of great weight. And the first, at the first rising of the sun reflected back a very fiery splendor and made those who forced themselves to look upon it to turn their eyes away just as they would have done at the sun's own rays. But the temple appeared to strangers when they were at a distance like a mountain covered with snow. For as to those parts of it that were not gilt with gold, they were exceeding white. This beautiful temple, and yet Jesus, who had already announced, remember on Palm Sunday, that the city of Jerusalem would be destroyed, now he also mentions that the temple itself will be destroyed and torn down. In approximately less than 40 years, in 70 AD, it would be torn down. Everything that they had put their faith in there was gonna be removed. But Jesus, that's where all the faith should have been, is to him and in him who would die and who would be buried and on the third day rise and then would ascend and sit at the right hand of the Father, waiting for his enemies to be made his footstool and then one day to come back. Pastor Ray Bentley, pointing out the many predictions concerning Christ and ultimately how his payment for our sin purchased our hope of eternal life. Good insight today here on Maranatha Radio. And today's study is titled Heart Worship. If you missed any part of the message, you can hear a replay on iTunes or at raybentley.com. That's raybentley.com. When you get to the homepage, you can leave a tribute to Pastor Ray's life and service to the Lord. 
Also, click the word media and you'll see the words watch, radio, and Devo. Three engaging ways you can enjoy Pastor Ray's insights via video, audio recording, or daily devotions. In fact, at the very bottom of the page, you can link to Pastor Ray's Facebook page, his podcast, his YouTube channel, and Twitter feed. And then after 30 years on the radio and the passing of Pastor Ray Bentley in early 2022, we're approaching the end of the Maranatha radio program. We'd like to thank you, our dedicated listeners, who've joined us through the years as we've journeyed with Pastor Ray through the Bible. We'll be continuing the broadcast through the remainder of 2023, but we're excited to share that we'll have a dedicated online location to access all of Pastor Ray's content, including video, audio sermons, books, and more. Please visit raybentley.com to follow along with us. But we hope you'll stay with us here on the radio through the end of the year. Next time, join Pastor Ray for more from our studies in the book of Luke. More from God's Word next time on Maranatha Radio. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley is an outreach of Maranatha Chapel, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127.